This week, uh, we actually begin a new series entitled uh, Encounter God, all right? We're talking about encountering God, finding God in some really different and unexpected ways. You see, over the years, one of my inspirations uh, for developing this message, over the years, you know, I can't count how many times I've had conversations about the subject of feeling close to God. I talk about that a lot with people. As you can imagine, as a pastor, feeling close with God is a subject that comes up uh, a lot. And even more specifically, in that realm, in that subject, comes up uh, is reading scripture, just spending time in the Bible and being devoted to some regular scripture reading as a way of feeling connected to God. A lot of those conversations, they typically go like this. Yeah, Reg, you know what? I'm kind of bad at reading. A lot of times I start reading and my eyes start to get heavy. Or, Reggie, I, I just, I don't know where to start. Scripture is so big that there's so much language in it that I'm just, I'm not familiar with. Um, or, you know what? I don't, I don't even feel like I know what I'm doing. I have no clue what I'm doing in Scripture. And so that leads to some people having difficulty difficulty in wanting to read scripture and chase after it. I hear this a lot. Yeah, you know what? I do. I, I want to be dedicated. I want to remain dedicated to reading scripture. I want to give it time. I want to try harder. But as you can imagine, and maybe some of you are already hearing your own voice in these conversations, a lot of times that doesn't seem to work for a lot of people. If we think, and here's, here's an issue, if we think that simply spending an, a certain amount of time in Scripture, if, you just spend, if I spend this much time in Scripture, whether that be a little bit of time uh, or a lot of time, if we think that that's all it takes, the truth is, if you believe that, even in that regard, you can plateau. Do you know what I mean by that, plateau? Stay even, stay the same, not grow not really go anywhere. If you think that faith is only correlated to how many minutes one spends in scripture, it will remain flat. You will not see results if a goal of yours is to have robust faith or growing faith. The truth is, why shouldn't we think this way? Right? Why shouldn't we think that by reading a lot of scripture, that, was, that must be what makes me holy? Or that must be what makes my faith really strong, really great, right? If I read a lot, if I'm really good at that. Why wouldn't we think that way? So many of the people in faith that you or I look up to, you know what? Oftentimes they're communicators. Oftentimes they're studiers. Oftentimes they're scholars. People who are well-versed in scripture, but please don't make the mistake of thinking that someone who is well studied is necessarily a faith-filled person. Here's a truth that might shock you. There are a lot of scholars out there, really, scholars who teach religion on collegiate level. There are many scholars who are familiar with scripture who aren't believers at all. Can you believe that? I can't tell, there's probably Hundreds of religion professors who know scripture better than myself, as good as Billy Grant, they, they would know it just as well. But they're actually not believers. I don't know if that surprises you. Don't 
Don't make the mistake of thinking that the more you are familiar with Scripture and its interweaving truths and its complex timelines, that the more satisfying your faith will be. The reality is this. The reality is that love, curiosity, and inspiration, that's what spurs on study. It's love, it's inspiration, it's curiosity. Those are the things that spur on study. And study spurs on faith. Does that make sense? You guys tracking with me? There's a complementary balance to be struck. In biblical time, written scripture, guess what? It wasn't even readily available. Right? In Bible times, in Jesus' times, Old Testament, Moses' times, it's not like we had Bibles just floating around. You go over to my house, I've got all kinds of versions, I've got all kinds to share, I've got lots of scriptures. For some of you, that might be quite a similar story. But in Bible times, that's not the case. There's not just Bibles laying around. And so, are you trying to, would you tell me that there are people in those biblical times who were not faith-filled because they didn't have access, ready, ready access to Scripture? Clearly, that's, that's just, that's not the point. So the quality of one's faith, the quality of one's faith is not necessarily contingent upon one's devotion to Scripture. It isn't. That being said, there's a strong relationship between the two, right? My son Carter, he's right there. My son Carter, he loves Minecraft. He likes playing Minecraft a lot. I'd say he likes studying it. He watches videos on it. And he's not the only kid at, at his school, at his elementary school, I've seen that they have events after school where they would teach pointers to kids who want to learn more about Minecraft, how to pick up new tricks and, and different techniques to building the things that they like. This, this is Carter's own choice. I didn't push it on him. I didn't make it something that would be interesting. This is totally his own choice, which really reveals what's going on inside of him, that he loves Minecraft. He really likes it and he spends time on it. He gets so excited about the things that he builds in Minecraft that he shows me what's going on inside the worlds to show me what he has created. His curiosity of what one can do in the game, his inspiration of the game that allows him to create what's inside his imagination. He really enjoys the game and he is compelled to learn more about it. And then, and then he shares about it. For a lot of us who might feel stuck, who want to be as excited about God or faith as Carter is about Minecraft, we have to understand, we have to understand something. We cannot develop a meaningful faith, a worthwhile daily relationship with God through a single, single approach. Developing a meaningful faith, something that you look forward to, something that's robust, something that you're excited about, that you're compelled to learn more about, it's gotta be more than just the single approach. Have you ever caught yourself flipping through channels uh, on TV? Which as I wrote this, I realized that actually dates, dates me 
Because people, I don't think kids flip through channels anymore. They just type it into YouTube and they see exactly what they, they want to see. Well, have you ever caught yourself, I flipped through channels. Have you ever uh, caught one of these exercise infomercials? Uh, the one that I'm talking about always intrigued me. If you've ever heard of this P90X, right? Do you remember P90X? Have you guys heard that one? It's this exercise regimen that was built to last this 90-day cycle. The core philosophy of this particular regimen was this, muscle confusion. That's what this whole P90X was kind of built on, muscle confusion. The idea was that you couldn't do the same exercise that you were good at over and over and over again and expect exponential results. For example, if I, Reggie, focused only on sit-ups, after a couple of weeks, sure, I'd probably grow some abdominal strength. There can be a quick change because I don't regularly exercise that much. But after a few weeks, if I don't change up the exercise, if I continue to stick only to the sit-ups, I won't have the same effect or momentum as the first couple of weeks. P90X says I have to change up the exercise with a variation so that my body doesn't get used to the exercise. This way, there can be ongoing and sustained success. See, look how well it's working, right? Do you see? Thank you, yes. The enthusiasm, thank you. I want us each to get to the point of enjoying scripture. I do want us to get there, where we enjoy scripture rather than working at it. I understand that there will be days where it'll feel like work, making sure that your timing and your schedule works out, and it'll feel like we have to make it work, but that's what this Encounter God series is all about. Inspiring your quest to strengthening, deepening, and creating a faith that is robust, real, and something, something that you are excited about. For the following number of weeks, we're gonna be studying how various characters in scripture found these experiences themselves and looking at how these different biblical techniques can propel your faith to the next level. We're gonna find in the next few weeks that Moses kneeled. We're gonna find that Jacob wrestled. We're gonna see that David sang and he danced. We're gonna find that Paul wrote. He wrote a lot. We're gonna find that Samuel made himself ready. By focusing on these techniques and how they can increase the quality of your reading, the quality of your faith, I think we'll find that you're going to have the sustained and ongoing success. I don't know if you want to call this a faith-filled P90X, but we're going to be focusing on the varied ways how we can make these different disciplines work together. One that I wanted to focus on today, actually, Today I wanted to get started right away, just like, the, just like the trainer at the gym. Let's get started. At Acts chapter 8, we're going to read a story about the Ethiopian eunuch, all right? So if you got scripture, you want to turn to it, we're going to be reading out of Acts chapter 8, and I'm going to start here in 26 through 40. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, okay? Now again, we were just in the hashtag Jesus series, and so if you fast forward just a couple months, this is not very much long after Jesus' ascension. We're in Acts here. And Philip, one of the apostles, uh, is being led by an angel here. Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. 
So he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Kandaki, uh, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet, and he asks him, do you understand what you are reading, Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. In this story, we see someone, I think, that a lot of us can identify with. Someone who wants to learn, who wants to understand, someone who is genuinely seeking the truth out, but because he doesn't have the context, because he doesn't have the full story, he's having a hard time. I want you each to understand this. It's okay to say this out loud, say it in your mind, to believe this truth. Scripture can be challenging. Scripture can be challenging. That's okay. It's okay that Scripture is challenging. There is so much history compounded into a relatively small book. I know it's big, and I know that's intimidating, and that there's so much in it that it'd be really difficult to just say, I'm going to chew through this, yep. I get that. I know it's hard. But really, it's actually relatively small concerning all of the time span and all the things that it's covering. And the truth is, within it, there's a lot of different kinds of scripture even. There's all kinds of different parts inside of it. If you just open it up randomly and just pick a chapter, you could be jumping into history. You could be jumping into law. You could be jumping into prophetical writing. You could be jumping into Psalms. You could be jumping into a gospel. You could be jumping into an epistle. Just jumping around, really. You can't just flip it open sometimes and expect to know exactly what the scripture you land on is going to say. Scripture can be challenging. It really can be challenging, and that's okay. The history in it is sorted. It jumps back and forth. Even the Gospels, you line them all up, they're all telling the same story. You can't just read them chapter, chapter, chapter. chapter. You don't even read them like that. Its history is sorted. The, the story builds upon itself. Have you ever watched a TV show? Have you ever watched a TV show that has an ongoing storyline, right? Have you ever just caught part of a story on a TV show, not knowing exactly what was going on. You know, that, that, that's kind of what's happening when people randomly open up scripture and are challenged by it. And in this confusion sometimes, unfortunately, so many people begin to be turned off and turned away from scripture, defeated, because they reached out, wanted to give it a go, and then fell short or felt bad about themselves because Man, I don't really know what's going on. I don't get that inside joke. I don't understand this history. Why is this guy saying this to that? I, I, I don't get it. And they're just going to close the good book. Maybe I'll try something else. It, it's, it's hard. It's too hard. I mean, it's supposed to be a book of wisdom, right? It's supposed to be a book of wisdom. And it's intimidating when I don't get it right away. I don't know if you're like me, if I don't understand something pretty quick, or if I don't get it, I lose interest pretty fast. I know if I'm watching a show or a movie that has some background that I understand, change your channel, watch something different. This is what the Ethiopian was experiencing. 
He was trying to give some scripture a go, and he's at a loss. He's struggling, struggling to find the value. So if we continue on, so he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture that the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is this prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. I, I love this miraculous moment because there's not many other people that could have come across this eunuch and been able to tell the story better than a man who traveled with the guy who this scripture is about, who this prophecy is about. Again, if we're just jumping in, Isaiah is older than Jesus. Right? That is such a neat moment. Philip, is just this perfectly spiritual divine moment that Philip gets to tell this story. There's no one better that could have come across his way. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down in the water, and Philip baptized him. Thankfully, in this moment where the eunuch is just kind of at a loss for what scripture is, the scripture that he's reading, someone with experience and knowledge came alongside, heaven sent, to help him out. And it turns out that this really cool story of a foreigner, both in physicality and in spiritually, a foreigner, being so moved by the words brought on by the mentorship of Philip that he seeks baptism out. I think that's such a, that's the perfect, that the scripture convicted this man enough because someone was there to ex help explain it to him. He's so moved and compelled by the testimony of Jesus Christ that when he came across some water, he says, let's do it. Let's, let's do it. What can stand in my way? I think that is just such a beautiful moment. I think there's a number of lessons that we can learn from this story. There's a few lessons that I think we can learn from this story. First, sometimes you're not going to understand things. Sometimes you're not gonna be able to understand things, even when you're honestly trying to understand. And so like the eunuch, you can do this. Ask for help. Simple as that. Ask for help. Nurture your curiosity, okay? Ask for help. If you've come across something that you don't understand and are curious over, don't just put a pin in it. Don't just shut it and say, ah, shucks, I tried. Seek counsel out. Seek wisdom out. I have a feeling that if you were to do that, that there just might be a spiritually divine moment, right, in your near future. Because why would God see down on you, struggling through a piece of scripture, and just say, oh, well, he'll figure it out. Let him struggle. Let him struggle. Seek guidance. Ask for help. Nurture, I think, nurture your curiosity. Look for guidance. And accept guidance. 
This is a big one. So I said, look for guidance. But here's the difficulty. Sometimes accepting that guidance is hard in and of itself. Don't be disappointed in yourself for seeking help out. Again, some feel like they're supposed to just know these things. And unfortunately, this corrosive mentality keeps people from wanting to know more or to find the answers to the questions that they are wondering about. Accept guidance. This eunuch didn't question Philip. He just, they walked and they talked and he believed what Philip had to say. Seek guidance and accept guidance. Thirdly, another lesson I think we can pick up from this scripture is we must allow scripture to be transformative. We have to allow the scriptures that we reread, that we read, to be transformative. We need to read in faith. We need to read like these words actually, actually, actually have value that there's something powerful and transformative about them. Otherwise, you might as well be like those scholars at the collegiate level, like I said, those religious professors, who can know scriptures backwards and forwards in multiple languages, they can know it really well. But because they study it only for lecturing, only for career, they don't allow the scriptures to be transformative. They can preach and talk and teach about grace all day long, but not having received it, it's really of very little value. We must believe and allow scripture to be transformative. We have to read in faith. We have to read in faith. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13 through 14, I wanted to read this piece of scripture. When we tell you these things, this is Paul writing, writing to the church in Corinth here. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom, Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. But people who aren't spiritual, this is a dicey reading, okay? People who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it, for only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. This means to me, when I read this piece of scripture, you know what this means to me? It means that before and during reading, there needs to be a genuine ask for guidance from this spirit. There needs to be a real ask with faith that God's spirit would oblige. This provides the opportunity to change, hopefully, a skeptical approach, changes a skeptical approach to a humble one that allows transformation, that allows the words to work their way into you and actually start changing the way that you see things. Growing faith and hopefully growing an understanding and deepening a love for Christ in that reading. And lastly, I think we can learn this from the story. You see, I know that there are some here who may feel like they're more like the Philip of the story. Because the truth is, not everybody struggles with that reading portion. Not everybody struggles, you know, with being dedicated in time, studying Christ, studying scripture. You know, not everybody struggles with that. In fact, a lot of people play the Philip part of the story. If, that's, if you feel like that's you, if that's something that you fall under, then you have another valuable task, and that's this 
It's to be ready to help. To be ready to help. You need to be ready to help and you need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading. Just like the Spirit led, right, Philip, to encounter this man who who was at the chariot. There are people around you, if you are one of those Philips, there are people around you who are seeking wisdom. No, they might not be so obvious as to be reading scripture and asking specifically for you to interpret its meaning, like the Ethiopian eunuch, but people around us, people around us are seeking wisdom all the time. And truly, this is true, nine out of 10 times the wisdom that they seek can be found in Christ or can be found around and through scripture. No, a lot of people wouldn't like to know the source. That's true. They wouldn't want to say, actually, Jesus taught me that. The way you handle that problem, the way that you handle that issue, the way you handle that family member, the way you handle that job decision, the way that you handle that financial difficulty. If I were to speak with them, all the wisdoms come from that same place. They come from scripture. They come from Jesus' teaching. But not everybody around us wants to hear that it comes from scripture. Because knowing the source alone, they might... Oh, you're talking about Bible stuff? Uh, That's okay. I'll talk to somebody else. There are people around you seeking out that wisdom. But by offering kindness, by offering encouragement, by offering a pseudo, what would Jesus do moment, you know, right? By offering those things, you open up these opportunities like Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Looking outward is a part of Philip's story, and truth be told, it becomes part of the eunuch's story afterwards. If you continue on the story, it says this. When they came up out of the water, the eunuch, he went on his way rejoicing. He was so excited about this small run-in with Philip that he's compelled and convicted to the waters of baptism. He is baptized, and when he came up out of the water and Philip separates from him, he leaves rejoicing, excited, happy. And I don't know about you, when someone is rejoicing, excited, and happy about something, they don't keep that news to themselves. You've heard me use that story all the time. When I find out that new barbecue spot, I'm bringing my friends and talking about that new barbecue spot. If this unit goes on rejoicing, excited and happy, praise the God, hallelujah, when he goes back to where he's from, do you think he shuts up about it? Or do you think that he's so excited that he continues to rejoice even in a place that might not be welcome and he continues on the mission that Philip is sent on? This is the fruit of being willing to lead. Those who you lead may in turn rejoice and become a future witness to others. So again, a few of the lessons I think that we can take away from this week. If you're looking at scripture and it's a hard thing to wrap your arms around, a few things. One, ask for help. Ask for help. Nurture your curiosity. Don't just put it away. Ask for help. I'm willing. I'm excited to talk about that stuff. I'd love to help. I know that there are a lot of readers in this room who'd love to talk about that stuff. Ask for help. Nurture your curiosity. Look for guidance. 
Guidance is telling you to look for guidance. Accept that guidance. Allow scripture to be transformative. Read it in faith. Believe that it can do something in your life. And for those of us who are a little further along, please be ready to help. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading. Next week, we'll continue on in our series, Encounter God, where we'll actually start working through some other characters and seeing how in some of their exercises, some of the things that they do work in tandem with reading scripture, which will propel faith into greater heights. Let me offer a word of prayer, and then we'll dismiss. My Heavenly Father, you know, I'm so, I am thankful uh, for the holy scriptures that are made available to us. I know, God, that for a lot of people, they can seem like deep mysteries, that it's just written in a completely different language that we just don't understand. I pray, God, that we each would be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's gifting, uh, that we'd be able to read those things, uh, to see them for what they are, uh, and allow those things to be transformative in our lives. Father, I know each one of us would want to grow closer to you. Lord, there's no stopping the level and quality of the relationship with you. And so I pray that we each would continue to be propelled into higher places, places where we are convicted, we are transformed, and eventually become leaders to the people around us who are seeking wisdom out. Uh, God, we don't deserve this grace that you benefit us, but I pray that we wouldn't become too used to it, that we wouldn't become callous to that grace. Instead, a Father, that grace would convict us so that we'd be able to lead others into waters of baptism just like Philip. Thank you, Lord. I pray these things in your holy son's name. Amen.